Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. My name is Jenna, if we haven't met. Um, welcome to Awaken. I'm the executive pastor here, and I am on for our call to worship this morning. Um, a couple things as we get in. It's Sacred Sunday, so if you do not have a bulletin, um, we're, they're right in the back. Um, yeah, once a month we take down the screen and enjoy the beauty of the space. Um, couple notes for you as people trickle in. If you are sitting in the edges and you see people trying to filter in, you could just scoot in. That would be really helpful. Um, yeah, that's all I have for announcements. So I'd love to invite you to stand. Um, this is called a prayer of interdependence. I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to listen to last week's teaching on hospitality or we're at the fall retreat. But interdependence and community has been on my mind, and so I wanted to begin worship this morning with these words. So pray with me. God of the body of Christ, organs and limbs, feet and hands, the weak and the strong, the broken and the suffering, we recognize our dependence on you. We see how you knit us together as one, We confess our own independence, our own individualism and self-centeredness. We too often say, I don't need you, I don't need others, I can only rely on myself. We see this has a crippling effect, not only on our society, not only on our churches, not only on our families and friends, but on our very souls. Help us to be open to our needs, Help us to nurture into our lives the very things necessary to see our own interdependence. May you also strengthen this community and draw us together as one. Amen. Hi, everybody. My name is Micah. Uh, Welcome to Awaken. Glad that you're here. I'm one of the pastors, and um, we're really glad that you're with us. Uh, If you're new, we'd love to know that you were here. In the seat pockets in front of you or online, you can click a little I'm new button there. Let us know that you are here. Somebody from our team will reach out and invite you to a beverage of your choice. Um, You can get to know us. We can get to know you a little bit. And um, we would really appreciate that. Uh, Those cards, if you fill them out here or if you have tithes or offerings that you brought, can go in the black boxes. There's one at each of the exits there. Uh, A couple of announcements or things you should know about that are happening. First and foremost, friends, next week, it's a big week in the life of Awaken. What is it, October the 16th? Um, We are going back to two gatherings next week. So that's exciting. Um, That's good. There we go. (laughs) Man, you guys are real apprehensive about this change. Um, Yeah, um, oftentimes there's not a lot of seats in here. And so, uh, and and really, uh, our kids' community downstairs is full up. So next week, two gatherings, 9 and 1030. So if you come at 10, you will get the blessing of the first hour, and you'll be ready for second hour. Um, So 9 and 10.30 starting next week. Uh, Also coming up, there are a couple of opportunities for you to connect, uh, the first of which is a prayer labyrinth. Uh, Kathy Solomon is leading this. Uh, This is October the 16th from 2 to 3 in the afternoon, and so... um, 
I think that's at St. Kate's, if I'm not mistaken, right here in St. Paul. Uh, you can register online or send Kathy at Awaken West 7th. Any questions about that? If you've never been in a prayer labyrinth, how many of you have done a prayer labyrinth before by show of hands? Okay, a few of you, yeah. Um, it's a lovely prayer exercise, uh, especially for people that go, go, go all the time, um, like myself. So, prayer labyrinth, October 16th. Uh, trunk or treat is happening, friends. That is so very exciting. Um, I've got a number of you already signed up to host a trunk, and friends, here's how this works. On October the 30th, it's a Sunday after church from 1 to 4, we'll get all, everybody out of the parking lot, and then we'll repopulate the parking lot with you all, people who have uh, agreed to host a trunk. By that, you decorate your trunk, you bring candy, and we're, we've sent flyers out to the neighborhood, the school Schools in the neighborhood know about it. Last year, we had hundreds of people from the neighborhood. And this only works if you show up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, like, really, it, it, I will look like a real fool. And last year, you guys, I mean, it was, it was bananas. Um, you went over the top, and it was fantastic. Some people did some pretty impressive things with their trunks. So we need some more people to host some trunks. That's the moral to this story. Uh, we've got room for 50, and I think we have about 20 at this point. So do it as a life group. Uh, do it as an individual. You know, find some friends, host a trunk, and then we'll just bless the community. This is, this is Awaken's way of saying, like, hey, we love the people in the neighborhood, right? Um, so, that's October the 30th, trunk or treat. Oh yeah, you can also donate candy. You can, you, can, you can participate in a number of ways. You can host a trunk, that's the most important, we need that. You can also help make this thing happen, uh, and you can sign up for both of those online. And if neither of those are available to you, you're not going to be in town or whatever, you can also donate candy. We ran out of candy last year. And I'm pretty good at my job, but the whole water to wine thing, you know, like candy from nothing, it's like I just don't have it in me. So you can donate candy. Uh, you can bring that and drop it off at the Discover Awaken booth. Good call, Jenna. Um, last but not least, there is a pastoral care team meeting, informational meeting today. Jenna is leading that. So if you're a person who, uh, um, you know, finds compassion as a very high, high in your gift mix and um, love walking alongside of people and caring for folks in our community, uh, that's a really important part of our life together. And Jenna is leading that today at 1230 um, right after this. Just right after the gathering, downstairs. Um, and I have one more. I'm going to introduce to you Josh and Cass uh, Ely. They're going to share just a little bit about a lunch they're hosting today. And Sam, yes, thank you for coming, Sam. I appreciate it. Give these guys a round of applause. <laughs> Sam's got a really cool shirt on that we talked about. So, Josh, there you go. Cass, whoever's given the deal, love it, awesome. Um, hi, so we are Josh and Cass and Sam. Uh, we are hoping to get some folks together for the queer community here at Awaken. We're going to be having lunch right over here at A1 Public Side. Do you know what time it's at, Sam? No. <laughs> we did practice that. It's at 11.30, so just right after the service. Sorry. So uh, we'd just love to meet you. We want you to see our faces so you know who to look for. We also have a really huge rainbow balloon. So. Bye. I love it. Short and sweet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So that's happening right after church today at A-Side. Um, some of you might be wondering, why are you wearing that suit coat, Micah? Um, that is a good question. I don't normally dress this way. But every now and again, you know, I try to bring it up a level here, you know, take it up a notch. Somebody once said of Awaken, there's not a pressed shirt in the house. 
Well, today there is, baby. Today there is. And uh, also, um, Art and I, the chair of our board, flew to Chicago yesterday for a meeting. We met with the exec. Now, stick with me if you want to take some notes here. Get your pens out. We met with the executive board of the Evangelical Covenant Church, which is the denomination that we're a part of. Uh, We are a part of a conference called the Northwest Conference, and the executive board of our conference has declared and determined that Awaken is out of harmony in the larger covenant denomination for one reason in particular. And so that recommendation is passed on to the executive board, the national board of the covenant. And so we have met with them by Zoom as a, as a whole leadership team. And then they invited two of us, Art and I, um, to join them last night in Chicago. And so, um, you know, I didn't want to give them any reasons to dismiss us. You know, to, so you, you got to take, take us seriously if you come dressed like this. And I just slept in it. So uh, <laughs> I... It, was, it worked yesterday, so we're rocking it again today. Um, and, yeah, so that, it was a good meeting. Uh, it was about an hour long, and um, Art and I were asked questions about Awaken and about how we've come to this place of, uh, uh, yeah, really practicing this, this value of freedom in Christ on the topic of uh, human sexuality. So um, if you're not familiar, on our website, there's a, a document that we voted on, wrote and voted on a couple years ago as a church, um, and so that uh, is the sort of center of the conversation. And really, uh, what is the covenant going to do and what, what direction are we going to go and how are we going to be together? Uh, or are we going to be together in the future? And so the next steps uh, of that is um, we will hear from them, which seems to be a, a common theme. We wait and, we, and, and then we, you know, we wait to hear from them and that's fine. And we just keep being the church in our location, right? We just keep doing the work of the kingdom. So that's what we're going to do. Until further notice, we'll let you know when they let us know, all right? So, uh, if you have your Bibles, um, you're not going to need them today, actually. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I thought about going to the meeting last night and saying, well, the passage, uh, tomorrow I'll be preaching a sermon, which I shouldn't be doing because I'm technically suspended, and there's no Bible verse. Uh, So, keep us as a church. Uh, uh, so we are in a series called uh, The Heart of Awaken, and, um, and this is week four, and this is a series about our values as a church. Uh, we ask questions every, every year around this time about, like, what kind of church do we want to be? Um, what, is, what do we want the folks who wander into this place for the first time, what do we want them to experience and feel and notice and sense? Um, it's a, va- it's a, it's a, a series about the things that we declare as valuable in our church, um, and, and really, like, what kind of community do we want to create and live into? Um, so in the past three weeks, we've talked about Jesus, uh, to, to have Jesus as the center of our life as a church, uh, his life and teachings, his death and resurrection as, as the, the place from which everything else flows out of. And then uh, two weeks ago, we talked about holism, this idea that it's important for us as a church to value a holistic gospel, which is concerned with the whole body and the whole person, and the whole gospel, and a a whole church offering that to the world. And then last week, if you were with us on the retreat, or if you took in the live stream, we talked about the value of hospitality. What does it mean to welcome people? To be intentional, to the intentional creation of space to welcome, host, and provide for someone other than ourselves. Um, And so this week, we want to talk about authenticity. What do we mean when we say we value authenticity? And 
uh, as I said, we do this a series like this uh, every year in the fall. And uh, maybe four or five years ago, we did a series very similar to this where we walked through these values that are on your, your right and my left. Um, and when we did that, I, we talked about Hannah and the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel, where Hannah uh, prays to the Lord uh, for a child and is blessed with Samuel. Um, and in that story, we see a woman who uh, authentically responds to and interacts with the divine, right? She is a person who um, is courageous in her actions. She stands up in the story. There's a moment with this, this kind of uh, momentous part of the story where she stands up and kind of uh, takes her life into her own hands. She is honest with her grief and vulnerable with God, where she pours out her heart and her, her anguish that uh, this is something that she's wanted but not, not been um, granted. And then we see uh, this woman who, she names her own desire. Uh, so often, I think in, especially religious circles, desire is this kind of four-letter word. We're like, oh, you know, our desires and the things that we want... Uh, but she wants something, and she names it, and she, she, she takes it, right? She advocates for herself. And so we see a woman who's authentically responding to the divine. And so uh, instead of preaching that sermon again, which I try not to do, uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, so today, there's no passage necessarily that we're going to study, but we do, I do want to talk about authenticity. And I want to do it from, uh, I'd like to just tell three stories, three stories that are uh, one of which is very current and some which are from my past, but really drill down into what do we mean when we say this word authenticity. So before we turn to the dictionary, which is a great source of uh, you know, definitions, I guess I'd wonder from you all, when I say the word authenticity, what comes to mind? So this is an all play. If you're new to Awaken, I'll just come out here and we'll have a little chat. So uh, like Trunk or Treat, this doesn't work if you don't play. Um, what do you think of or how would you define authenticity? What are words that come to mind? Openness, thank you. Honest, transparent, vulnerable, good. What else? Real. True to self. I heard one started over here. No hidden agenda. Wholeness, good. Vulnerable, humble. Brave. Oh, thank you. The Nirvana song, Come As You Are. Wow. Take a moment there. The Nirvana song, Come As You Are, for those that didn't hear. You win, Katie. Good job. That's the best answer of the day. Uh, authenticity. According to the dictionary, authenticity is the state of being authentic. <laughs> thank you for that. That's really helpful. Uh, it goes on to say, undisputed credibility, genuine, legitimate. The word authentic, if you were to take it a step further and, and look that up, uh, worthy of acceptance or belief as conforming to or based on fact. That's good. Conforming to an original so as to reproduce essential features. If we're going to be authentic followers of Jesus, we want to conform to the original not false or an imitation, true to one's own personality. Um, you guys know on Facebook this time of year and Instagram, Minnesotans post all the pictures of the leaves and they remind themselves of why they live here because they know what's coming. You know what I mean? You see, I, literally, I think someone said in a 
posted the other day, like a reminder of why I live in this state, you know, and then the view from like the, the, the Ford Bridge looking up towards Franklin, come on. I mean, come on. Or looking at like on the high bridge as you're going up into, into St. Paul over there, West St. Paul. Um, I actually have a picture on my phone, if we had a screen, I would show you, of a day. It was October the 13th, uh, actually four days from today, in 2009. I sat under a, a tilted, actually looks a lot like that tree over there, a tilted maple tree that was just on fire on the shore of Lake Mille Lacs. And I, I went there because uh, I, I, I gave God four days on a silent retreat. To, uh, and, and really it was, if, if you want me to plant a church, like speak now or forever hold your peace. So I went up there and I sat under this tree and I, I thought about, like, um, what kind of a church would we be if we were to start something? Uh, and one of the things that I knew that I knew that I knew was that if I had the opportunity to help shape a spiritual community with a group of people, and we had a blank slate in front of us and a whiteboard with nothing on it, and we got to determine what, what, we, what our values were and what this community was like, I knew that it would be one marked by authenticity. Because for me, in my experience, I don't know about you and yours, I found the lack of that, or the opposite of that even, in religious communities far too often. Uh... And I knew that I wanted this church to be marked by this word of authenticity. So what do I mean by that? Um, three ideas. The first of which uh, I would say undisputed credibility. Uh, in this leather, well not leather, velvet pouch, uh, I hold, uh, this, is a, this is a Rolex, friends. It's a Daytona Rolex. I actually thought about wearing it last night to this meeting. It's kind of like a power move, you know? <laughs> like, wow. Shirt, tie, Rolex. Holy buckets. But here's the problem. Let me just show you this. I showed Laura, and she's like, no, you can't pull that off. So I would never, I would never wear a Rolex. But if I were to wear one, here's, here's what it would have looked like. It's like that much too big, you know, like, yeah, that's not his, definitely, <laughs> he's only wearing that for show, um, this is a Rolex, and we have some, some dear friends named Becky and Rick Patton, Becky and Rick are the people that I studied with Rabbi Allen uh, with for the first time in 2012, they are uh, outside of Awaken, two of Laura and I's dearest friends, and they mean a great deal to us, taught us a lot about a lot of things, hospitality being one of them, but uh, they are downsizing, their kids are older, they're out of the house, they're no longer, uh, they don't need the house that they're in, though many of us loved it and have fond memories of it, they decided to move, and so we went over there to help pack things up and to, you know, I helped put, put some siding on a shed and whatnot, and uh, if you've ever done this before, I guess you don't really recognize or realize all the things you, you accumulate over 20, 30 years of raising a family, so Becky would bring up boxes of things one of them being just a whole box full of jewelry. It was of no value to me. Uh, but evidently, my kids thought that they were great, so she brought up these boxes, like watches, rings, earrings, necklaces, to which I'm like, I vacuum these things up all the time. Like, do we need more of them? We do. We absolutely do. And uh, so we get it home, and we're looking through this box, and I... And I, and I pull out. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. It's heavy. And I pull out, and I'm like, holy cats. 
It's a Rolex. And then I have a major ethical dilemma on my hands, you know what I mean? I look it up online, I'm like, this is a $35,000 watch. This is a big deal. I'm like, Rick's a stockbroker. He, he plays with sharks, you know, like, it wouldn't be uncommon for him to, so it's not, I'm, not, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that would make sense. Maybe he has a Rolex. Maybe somebody gave it to him. So I'm like, do I tell him? Do I, do, or do I just take it to the, to the, the jewelry shop, you know, because I'm not going to wear it. So I texted, and I was like, hey, thanks for all the jewelry. Really appreciate it. Uh, by the way, there is a Rolex in there. I don't know if you know that or not. And Rick said something like, oh, yeah, some work-related whatever. <laughs> no ask for it back. So I'm like, I think that counts as, like, legitimate moral move on my part, you know. So what's, what do I do next? I played hockey with the Molers, you know, RF Moeller Jeweler. He was, my, he was our goalie. So I take it down to RF Moeller Jeweler in th- three longest minutes of my life, you know. I walk in and I'm like, you probably get this every now and again, but I need to know if this is real. So I hand it to the guy and he, he looks at it, puts it under a microscope, whatever. He comes back and he says, I'm sorry, but uh, that's not a real Rolex. I had a lot of things I was going to pay for with that. Um, But when somebody makes a claim like, this is a Rolex watch, or that ring was worn by Marie Antoinette, or this is Martin Luther's Bible, or, you know, um, the gold in the Bank of Spain is actually gold and not brass. No money heist people out there? What? Thank you. Okay. Uh, its value is based on its authenticity, right? So when you say to the jeweler, is this a Rolex, and he says yes, its value is based in, it's rooted in, it, it's on its authenticity. That is, it, it in fact, a real Rolex. Uh, that it's credible, it's undisputed. At Awaken, we're pursuing a faith that is authentic, meaning I want those of you who claim to follow Jesus to be credible. I hope and I pray that if you claim to follow this Jesus, that when people meet you, they recognize the credibility of that claim because there is a congruency, an increasing congruency between your life and the life of the original. Right? And notice an increasing degree of congruency, which leaves room for the fact that you're human and I'm human and we make mistakes and we're growing. But an increasing level of congruency between your life and the life of the original, that your claim would be credible. This watch is a fake. It's an imposter. Right? And the moment I found out it wasn't a real Rolex, the value of it, at least in my mind and in everybody else's mind who I might try to sell it to, plummets because it's rooted in its authenticity, or in this case, the lack thereof. It might look like a Rolex on the outside. It might even feel like a Rolex to those who don't know what a Rolex feels like. You may even be able to fool some people that it is a Rolex, but when the lights get turned on and the magnifying glass gets taken out, the, the claim crumbles. It can't stand the scrutiny because it's not credible. What I want for you and your life and our life as a faith community is a, is a faith that's marked by authenticity. 
So that when people meet you and your claim, if you follow Jesus, that it is credible, that it stands up to the scrutiny of the world that we live in and the life that we live. Because it gets bright out there, does it not? And the pressure, it gets high. And if there is not a, a, a track record and a faith being built that's credible, it'll crack. And it'll be shown for what it is. And friends, we're pursuing, we're aiming for a value of authenticity, which means that our faith is credible. That's the, that's the goal. That's the aim. So maybe just a question for you this morning, a moment of reflection. If you claim to follow Jesus, the ways of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, is that a credible claim? And if not, why? Could it be challenged? And I don't need anyone to raise their hand or all, eyes, all you know, eyes closed and heads bowed, show of hands. No, but a moment of reflection. And if I'm being honest, there are times in my own life where I'm like, if the lights got turned on right now, the claim might not be credible. Yeah? And so in those moments, what do we choose to do? Which leads me to a, a second, maybe... Uh, um, uncovering of or exploring of this word authenticity. I think it means that our faith is credited, it, it's, it's credible and undisputable. And again, by undisputable, I don't mean perfect, you know, but I mean that it, it, it'll stand. But secondly, that, uh, that we're rooting out duplicity. That we're rooting out duplicity. The book of James in the first chapter, there is a Bible verse here today. A number of them. A double-minded man is unstable in all he does. The psalmist says, those who, uh, I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your law. Elijah says, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If it's Baal, follow him, and if it's Yahweh, follow him. The, Isaiah, the prophet, says, these people, speaking for God, they come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus in Matthew 23 had a few words to say to the Pharisees about, being clean on the outside, but not on the inside. Rooting out duplicity. Um, I was a young pastor once. <laughs> uh, 20 years ago, almost. Um, and I remember, I remember this day like it was yesterday. I remember the room I was in. I remember where I was seated. And uh, we had made a choice as a staff uh, to do something in our church. And it was, it was a bad call. It was a mistake. And it was really clear to all of us. And so we were in a conversation as a staff team about what do we do now? What do we do next? And this went on for a very long time to a very young 20-something-year-old Micah who knows a lot about a lot. <laughs> it became really clear to me, like, so I say to the senior leader, I'm like, why don't you just stand up there on a Sunday and tell them that you were wrong and that you're sorry? And they looked right at me and said, we can't tell that to the people. And I remember just being incensed, you know, just off my rocker, like bamboozled. And I don't know in the moment if I knew the gift that I was given. Because looking back on that moment, I now see how much that has shaped me as a leader and consequently has shaped our church. There was often, and, and I think still is, this inaccurate belief among religious people 
uh, in religious institutions that the people can't know that we make a mistake or they can't, uh, we have to kind of keep up this front or this mirage uh, that we know what we're doing and we have the answers, even if we don't. And I don't know about you, but maybe that's been your experience in religious communities. Uh, there was this like tacit duplicity that was encouraged. That though this was real and true and we made a mistake and it was an honest mistake and we were trying, we couldn't tell the people that we were sorry and that we had made a mistake. There was a tacit duplicity, uh, uh, like a, a mask that we were encouraged and actually like moving towards as a team. Like we couldn't, we had to offer the as-if versions of ourselves instead of the as-is reality of who we were in that moment, right? And I think religion and Christianity in particular, my experience has been that it often encourages that. Where we, we're, 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 for whatever reason, whether it be guilt or shame or arrogance or pride, we offer the as-if versions of ourselves because we think that's what we're supposed to do instead of the as-is realities of who we are and where we are. And duplicity is the death of authenticity. When we knowingly or unknowingly offer a version of ourselves that is not congruent with the reality of who we are, it kills authenticity. So if we're going to be authentic people and we're going to be a church that values authenticity, I think it's one who is committed to rooting that out in our own lives. And in the lives of those who have given us access to that level, right? That doesn't mean that everybody here has access to that part of me. Nor does it mean that everybody here has that access to that part of you. But there are some in our community who you go deeper with and you say, yeah, you, you can go there with me. And when you have been given that, we root out duplicity. We go looking for it. We, I, we had chickens. Uh, have you ever watched chickens before? Gosh, they're funny animals. They're all dead, unfortunately. A fox got into the hen house, you guys. It was bad news. We woke up one morning, and there were just feathers everywhere. That's not why I'm telling you this story. Gosh, Micah. We had, we had chickens, and if you watch them, there's this little run uh, next to, on, on the path back to the school, and it's like mulch and leaves, and they love that spot, and they would just go back there, and they would... And then they would, like, find every little morsel. And then they would, like, go on. I think they call it scratching. And then they would just keep going. They would come back to the places they've already been, like, rooting out any morsel they could find. So just be like the chickens, guys. I, and let's be clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> Doing this work requires vulnerability and honesty and humility. Uh, many of you know the name Brene Brown. Uh, she's a bit of a, a fancy name in our, our culture, doing really good work. She's a researcher, author on the subject of shame. And she argues that the antidote for shame is vulnerability. Like the thing that transforms shame in the human is vulnerability. And I would argue authenticity and vulnerability go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. To show up authentically as your true self is a very vulnerable thing to do. And to be vulnerable is to show up authentically as your true self. They go together. And it requires humility and honesty. Like, authenticity requires humility and the willingness to say I'm sorry and that I was wrong and that I didn't see it all. It requires us to be honest with ourselves and with each other. That maybe we're not what we 
what we're putting out, we're not all, all of that we are putting out into the world, but there's actually some, a gap between that, right? Like humility and honesty with ourselves. So duplicity is the enemy of, of authenticity. And I think it requires us to be ruthless, rooting out uh, this idea of duplicity, the, these masks and facades and mirages that we, that we put on. It requires us to be like credible as people who follow Jesus. And lastly, I would say uh, the genuine article. Have you guys ever heard that phrase before? The genuine article or the real deal? Uh, I don't know about you, but like more and more living in the world that we live in where you can like curate a persona and a personality and a profile is so easy to do. I'm just more, I'm drawn to people and organizations and institutions that recognize that you can't get authenticity overnight. You can't curate it. You can't manufacture it. It has to be earned and lived like hard work, day-to-day, like small moments that you add up over time. I love this old house. I'm an insider, which means you can pay a fee, a yearly fee, to be an insider, and then you get access to every season and episode of this old house. How awesome does that sound? I've watched almost every single season of this old house. Not a joke. Uh, And uh, just recently, if you see it on PBS, watch it. It's called The House That Norm Built. And if you don't know anything about this old house, I remember my parents growing up watched it. Bob Vila, like beard of all beards. You know, he would fit in right, right, at, right at Awaken. Uh, this guy, Bob Vila, on PBS, and a guy named Norm Abram. Bob was the host, Norm was the carpenter. And it was a show that intended just to, like, teach people how to fix their houses. Like, if you're a homeowner and you're a DIYer, like, we're going to give you an educational program to help you learn how to flash a window properly or put down flooring or whatever. You know, change your toilet, which is a really important skill if you need it. And Norm, he's hanging up his belt. He's hanging up his tool belt. I mean, 43 years this guy has been on the TV as like a household name in American home ownership, Norm Abram. And uh, this week, I was watching the house that Norm built. It's an hour-long special on Norm's life over the last 43 years. And this guy is the genuine article. You watch these people who worked with him and who've known him over the whole, whole, the whole um, like body of work, and every single one of them, and may, maybe you could say, like, well, yeah, they're going to say that. They're on TV. But every single person, they say, like, with Norm, like, he is who you, you, you think he is. He's a guy who takes pride in his work, He doesn't take shortcuts. If he's going to do it, he does it right. And just person after person after person. And they get to the end of it, you guys. And Tommy Silva, who's my man crush, I just, I love this guy. Tommy, like, starts talking about Norm and, like, how much he loves this guy. And and then they pan to Norm, and he's just weeping. He's, he, and so then, I'm a mess. Laura walked into the room (laughs) And I have lost it. And she's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, the house that Norm built. 
She's like, you're sick, dude. <laughs> but I was like, man, I, I, want, I want to be that when I get to that point in my life. I want that for you. We're like, when people, when the documentary on your life is shown and the house that you built, like, what will people say? I want people to say that you, like, in the small moments, the little things that nobody saw, you were faithful over time. That when the, all the lights were off and the cameras weren't looking, that, like, you chose the high road instead of sh- taking shortcuts. That people, like, you are what you say you were. That you're the genuine article. You're the real deal. And you can't manufacture that, friends. Instagram is not going to help you in that pursuit. You can't, it's not a profile. It's like life, day after day. Faithful, Eugene Peterson said, a long obedience in the same direction. So when we say we value authenticity, that's what I want to put in front of you. That when people come in contact with you, they might say things like, that's the genuine article. That's the real deal. When they come to this church and they wander into this space and they worship in this community, that they, that they might say, that's the genuine article. There's something there that is ineffable. Like, you can't even describe it. It's so real. It's palpable. So as, we, as I put this value of authenticity in front of you, may we, may we be found pursuing and found living a life of faith that's credible and undisputed, that it will stand the scrutiny, and when the lights get turned on, it will, it will be. May we be found rooting out duplicity and this, this myth that we believe that we're better off pre- pretending and putting out something that's inauthentic, that's not congruent with what's true and real about ourselves, and that we would be found as a genuine article of faith and a follower of Jesus. One that's built over time, faithfulness over time, small decisions where character and integrity aren't for sale. This is what I, this is what I want, this is the house that I want to build with my life, and this is the kind of church that I want to help build. So I guess the question is, do you want to help me build it? Let's pray together. God, this morning as we gather um, in your name, Jesus, um, we are wrestling with this question of what kind of church do we want to be. And um, God, I pray that uh, as we set our intentions on a few ideas that we want to mark us, that this one of authenticity would be front and center. God, that we would be committed to living lives that are credible, that, that our faith claim, our followership would be a credible thing, that it would stand the scrutiny and the pressure. God, that we would be uh, working hard to root out duplicity wherever it exists in our lives or in our, in our homes, in our church. God, that we wouldn't be two-faced, that we would be congruent, integrated people in the community. And God, that, our, uh, that this would be the genuine article, that our lives would be... Um, authentic representations of who you are and that our church would be that as well. So Holy Spirit, in the next few moments of silence, would you um, 
come alongside of us and remind us. Uh, turn on lights where they need to be turned on. I pray. As we close this morning, we want to uh, continue in worship and offer you an opportunity to respond. A couple things are hap- will happen. Uh, there will be communion on my left and my right. Uh, there is gluten-free bread there and white grape juice and red wine. Uh, so we'll invite you to take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and know that as you do, the body of Christ has been broken for you and the blood of Christ has been shed for you. Uh, we'll invite you to come down the side aisles and there's some sanitizer there. Um, be mindful of our neighbors and then you can return to your seats down the main aisle here. Um, Mel's going to lead us in song. Our prayer space is open and available to you. Um, so let's turn our attention and our hearts to those things and worship together. say um, thank you the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord lift up his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and the church said together with joy in their hearts amen, amen. grace and peace friends online at www.awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community or on Twitter at Awaken Community. See you next time.